So we like to say good morning here, it seems, at Oceanside Community Church. So good morning again, church. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Marcello, and I'm the worship arts pastor here at Oceanside Community Church. And worship arts is just a concise way of saying music, media, communications, creative arts, and more, pastor, here at the church. Because those are my main areas of oversight, right? But today, it's my privilege to be able to bring you a message that continues in our Proverbs Living Wisdom series. And Paul has set this up really well in the last couple of weeks, and he's mentioned um, that the intent of this series is to look at the book of Proverbs with a simple goal in mind, and that's the pursuit of wisdom and how to live it out in our daily lives, right? It's a living book. It's a philosophy of life. So how can we do that? And this morning, we'll be looking at what the Bible calls in Proverbs, the beginning of wisdom. And that is the fear of the Lord. Woohoo! Right? I was like, it's been on my calendar for months, right? I want to talk about this. But believe you me, right? It's not without trepidation that I come before you this morning. Because the fear of the Lord is a hugely important concept for us to wrap our our heads around as Christians. And if you don't believe me, you can do a quick search through the Bible. And you'll find that the phrases, the fear of the Lord, fear of God, and other variants such as fear God, and they did not fear the Lord show up at least 76 times in Scripture, likely more, and fear of the Lord itself shows up 21 times just in the book of Proverbs. So when something's repeated in Scripture, it's typically important, right? But if you're seeking wisdom, and it shows up 21 times in a key wisdom text, you want to take note. At the same time, though, As important as it is to us as Christians, this particular topic is one that can cause great confusion, especially if you're a newer Christian and you're maturing in your faith, right? Because we're like, fear the Lord. Isn't the Lord mercy and grace and salvation? And isn't God love? You're telling me I'm I'm supposed to fear him and fear that? Yes, to all of the above, right? But so it's a little confusing, right? Look, fear the Lord, but love him, right? He's mercy and grace, but fear him. Now, I'll do my best this morning to impart what the Lord's put on my heart about this, but there's no guarantee that one sermon or one teaching is going to give you that light bulb moment that makes you understand this forever, right? We may have to keep working on it after this morning. And in fact, Brooke Lidgertwood, um, who's a really prominent worship leader, you've heard many of her songs. She tells this great story about this, where her husband had recently had this conversation with their seven-year-old daughter because she had asked dad, like, what's the fear of the Lord about? And so he has this conversation with her. And um, Brooke says that he came out of the conversation and says, oh, you know what? We had this great conversation together about the fear of the Lord. And I really think she understood it. Yeah, it was great. And so later on, Brooke's talking to their daughter, and she says, hey, I, like, I heard that you had a really good conversation with daddy about the fear of the Lord. And her daughter says, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't really understand it, and I didn't understand what he was saying, but I was just nodding. <laughs> right? So, right, I guess further discussion is required there. So my, my prayer this morning is that we get beyond the just nodding stage. Um, Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Um, Right, like, 
I want to get beyond that just nodding stage, the, the stage where, you know, you hear something and you take it to heart and you can apply it, right? I always kind of say, like, it's, it's the same thing as when I talk to my boys about the difference between listening and, or sorry, hearing and listening, right? Like, there's, there's that difference. You want to take it to heart and you want to put it into action. So that's what we want to do today is just get beyond the just nodding. Um, and we want to learn why the fear of God is so important in our lives and in the progression of our faith. So will you pray with me as we begin? God, I want to submit this message to you this morning, and I want to trust that you will take it and separate the wheat from the chaff and use use it to edify us and instruct us and center our hearts more on you. Instruct us today in the fear of the Lord. Speak it into our hearts so that we may honor you and glorify you and be living sacrifices to you today and from this day forward, Lord Jesus. Amen. So, what is the fear of the Lord? Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So for a little clarity here, let's break these verses up, and I'm going to define a couple things before we go forward. In Proverbs 1.7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so if you go into a dictionary and you look at Oxford, the primary definition of knowledge is the following. It's facts, information, and skills acquired by a person through experience or education. It's the theoretical or practical understanding of a subject. The second thing we want to define is Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it says that wisdom can be defined as the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Or from a Christian standpoint, I'd say wisdom is how to soundly apply knowledge according to God's will and purposes. So if we take those into account and we look at the beginning of knowledge and wisdom, we can expect that the fear of the Lord is going to involve the accumulation and learning of facts and figures and skills, that's knowledge, and directs us as to how it applies to living in accordance with God's will. And that's wisdom. So in other words, the foundation of all knowledge and wisdom, what we know and how we live, should flow out of the fear of the Lord. Is that fair? So it brings us back, though, to the underlying question, what is the fear of the Lord? What is a practical understanding that we can build upon? And here's a clue. It's right there in that Proverbs 9 scripture we read. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I'm going to say that again. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So to understand what the fear of the Lord is and for our lives to flow out of this understanding, we must first know the Holy One, who He is, what makes Him tick, and how do we get to know the Holy One? His Word is a great place to start. Because the Bible is where God reveals His character to us. And through this, we get to know Him. 
his attributes, right? By his word, we learn that he's a loving father. He's faithful. He's good. He's merciful. He redeems. He pursues. He makes miracles happen. He heals. He changes lives. Scripture shows us that God is not the same as us. He is more. He created the earth by simply speaking. He gave life to humanity by breathing into dust. He was so intent on redeeming us that he gave his son to die on the cross and rise again, forgiving our sins which grieve him. He opened up a personal line of communication to him through Christ. He sent his Holy Spirit to dwell within us, protect us, counsel us, guide us, sanctify us. The God of the universe is an all-powerful and almighty God. He's the bread of life, as it says in John 6.35. He's the light of the world, John 8.12. The Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, Revelations 22.13. And that's all great stuff, right? In fact, I'm willing to bet that some or all of these attributes are the main reason that most people, probably many of us here, got saved. So that brings up the question, how can knowing him more, how can knowing the Holy One more make us fear him? Because fear in our culture is bad, right? And doesn't God directly oppose fear? Like we sang last week, fear's a liar. Fear's a robber. I'm no longer a slave to fear. First John 4 says, perfect love, who is God, drives out fear. Fear's negative, unhealthy, to be avoided, something to be delivered from. So why would we fear our creator who is so good? Because there's something else that you come to know about the Lord through his word. And it's in that proverb again. He is holy. He is holy and just and because he's a holy God, a righteous God, a just God, he cannot tolerate sin. He will hold us to account, and that's why we fear him. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 to 14 says, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. When Jesus teaches about the fear of the Lord, he says this in Luke, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after your body has been killed has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. But is fear all bad? I think it depends on what it fruits, right? If the thing that you fear manifests anxiety and shame and deceit and sin, that's bad. Those are the things that you want God to take away. But if the thing that you fear manifests obedience and love, and honor and respect, if it's life-giving, I'd say that's a healthy fear. Fear takes you away from God. 
but the fear of the Lord draws you closer to him. John Bevere puts it this way. The fear of the Lord's not being scared of God, but rather to be terrified of being away from him. As Christians, we tremble in the presence of a holy God, but we're not afraid because we know his character. We tremble or fear in reverence and awe because of who he is, what he has done, what he can and will do. And this awesome fear is manifest in our devotion and our obedience and reverence towards him. We walk in his ways to honor his holiness. And in doing so, all other fears are cast away. The fear of the Lord is life-giving. The fear of the Lord's when Abraham obediently took Isaac up in the mountains in Genesis in order to sacrifice him. At the last moment, the Lord told him in Genesis twenty-two twelve, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you've not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham was willing to give up his everything because he knew the worth of obedience to the Holy One. In Exodus, Moses says to the people, do not be afraid. God's come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The fear of the Lord brings you closer to God. Proverbs 14, 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death, right? The fear of the Lord keeps you from sin, the wages of which is death. The fear of the Lord for the Christian is acknowledging that God is God and giving him his due. You with me? Let's put it one more way. The fear of the Lord is living with accountability to the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 10, 12 to 13 says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. Jesus said it this way in Matthew twenty two thirty seven: Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. How you doing with that? You ever get caught in the yes, but cycle? Right? It's easy to love Jesus, but have you given him your whole heart? Are you always walking in obedience, observing his commands? Or are you walking with one foot in the Lord and one foot in the world? I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not trying to cast shame. I can be one of the worst offenders in this way. But what I am trying to encourage, and, and I believe the Lord requires, is accountability. That's why following Jesus is so countercultural. In accepting him as your Lord and Savior, you're acknowledging that his death on the cross, you're acknowledging his death on the cross for your sins, and you're choosing to be accountable to a holy God. 
to love the things that he loves and hate the things that he hates. Right? Proverbs 8.13, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Like, I believe that we have an innate God-given sense and knowledge that real, lasting, life-giving change only comes with accountability. And that's the hole that Jesus fills in our lives. But it's hard. Because since the beginning, we've had an enemy who's intent on minimizing our thoughts of God and telling us that we only need to be accountable to ourselves. And it's a constant ongoing battle, right? Because we live in a culture that's fully embraced that you do you and I'll do me attitude. You're accountable to no one but yourself. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The most successful self-help improvement programs and step programs work because they have a system in place that provides accountability. They have someone check in on you, make sure that you're following the program, providing advice and guidance because the lack of accountability leads to destruction. Sound familiar? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 2, 1 to 6 says, if you accept my words, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let me tell you this today. Cultivating the fear of the Lord in your life is the best self-help program you can enroll yourself in. It has great literature. The leader is the beginning and the end of wisdom and knowledge. He has a proven track record of lifting people out of the depths and turning their lives around. And the presence of the Holy Spirit will check in on you and guide you and advise you. You know, Paul and I were talking about the intent of this series. One of our goals was to tie the Proverbs we were using to Jesus by showing how he lived them out and exemplified them in his life. And it looks like I don't have much time left to do so. <laughs> but I do want to leave you with one particular way that I believe Jesus showed how to cultivate the fear of the Lord in our lives. And this was powerful to me, and I hope it's powerful to you too. And it's the Lord's Prayer. This is a familiar prayer, right? But it encapsulates the fear of the Lord so well. And you might not even realize it. So let's take a look at that. It says, Our Father in heaven... This acknowledges his closeness and his distinction from us. God is God. Hallowed be your name. It's an exhortation of reverence. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is submission, obedience, veneration to the Lord. Give us today our daily bread. That's his word, knowledge, wisdom that sustains and is life-giving. 
Forgive us our trespasses. We acknowledge our sin and his holiness and mercy. And forgive those who trespass against us. Again, a call to obedience to his ways. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This acknowledges his goodness and his supremacy. He will never lead us astray, and only he has the power to save. That is the fear of the Lord. 